how the Rams proved their playoff team in their week two loss of the 49ers. We've got more winners and losers, defensive grades, and more. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your one-in-one Los Angeles Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Rams YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button, and let us know. How optimistic are you after the Rams' week two loss to the 49ers? My name is Doug McKay. My friends call me DMAC. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade. The Lakers for SI, the Dodgers for Dodgers Nation. Now the Rams four locked on, and as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station. He's entered his eighth season covering the team, the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on X at Travis Rogers. And just a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On Rams. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Now, on today's show, we've got grades. We're going to break down the defense performance. we got some more winners and losers. But in our first segment, Travis, why Rams fans should be optimistic at the Rams' week two loss of the 49ers. I don't know where you're at on moral victories, but to me, I am very proud of their effort in game two. They went toe-to-toe with the 49ers team, who's widely considered to be, by many, one of the Super Bowl favorites right now. They're right behind the Chiefs in FanDuel for the Super Bowl favorites. So I'm very pleased with their effort in week two, and I think we're going to get into to hear lots of reasons to be optimistic. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'm glad you brought up the idea of moral victories because in pro sports, they don't exist, right? You either win or you lose and you either are pleased or you're not. I do think that there's some middle in there. I, I think what you said is super important. They just went up against a team that is widely considered to have the most talent in the entire league on both sides of the ball, right? San Francisco is loaded on offense. They are loaded on defense. They have one of the best coaches in the NFL, full stop. The Rams were not overwhelmed, despite the fact that the Rams coming into the season were not loaded with talent on both sides of the ball. They are loaded at talent at quarterback and at Aaron Donald's position and at Cooper Cup. Well, Cooper Cup didn't play. Aaron Donald was a complete non-factor, and they still were in the game in the fourth quarter. Now, they lost. They're one and one. There's no spinning that. But I do think that there's a lot to be very bullish about. There's a lot to be uh, excited about moving forward. And and I said it on my radio show yesterday, the Travis and Sliwa show, 10-1 on 710 ESPN. I think the Rams are going to the playoffs. I thought the Rams might have a chance to draft Caleb Williams two years or two weeks ago. And now I think that they're a very good lock to go to the playoffs. That's how much I've seen in the first two weeks. 100%. I think this team has proved that if they can protect Matthew Stafford, he can yeah. carve up defenses, and they're absolutely a team that should make a run at the playoffs. I had them at 9-8 and eight heading into this year, making the playoffs. I feel like, hey, if things break right, 
Maybe you can get a double-digit wins. I mean, what we've seen so far for these young players from these inexperienced second-year players like Kobe Durant filling in for a Jalen Ramsey. Ernest Jones taking over for Bobby Wagner. But really, the light's turning on pretty quickly for some of these young guys. Steve Avila's already looked fantastic early on. Byron Young, he's shown that he's yep. someone that's going to be a force as an edge rusher in his career. Puka Nakua really kind of goes without saying how fantastic Amazing. he's been of late. He's been incredible. But I think... Like you said, I mean, this team went up against the big, bad 49ers team, and they did not look overmatched. Not only did they not look overmatched, Travis, for a good portion of this game, the Rams look like the better team. They should have gone to the locker room with a 17-10 lead and the ball to start the second half. And if we're going to spotlight one of the biggest turning points, you have to point out that drive right there. You just yeah. can't allow that to happen. You can't let them punch it in there with time expiring to tie things up. Terrible PI there from Darion Kendrick. But for the most part, you saw this young Rams team just hanging there with a really, really good 49ers team. And after all that, you still had an opportunity to tie this game late with a TD. You don't have that bad route by Jefferson on the Lenore yep. interception. Maybe this yep. team finds a way to steal this win. Look, they're, it's sustainable. I, I think this is what's so exciting about this. And I know as we get deeper into the week that we're going to see and then talk more about the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow and whether or not he may or, you know may play or whether or not you're going to get a backup situation going there. But I, I think the thing that I took from San Francisco, the thing that I also took from the Seattle game in week one is the sustainability of what it is that they're doing, right? That nothing looked weird. Nothing bounced their way. And, you know, it's not like they had any bad luck, but it wasn't where you blocked a field goal at the end of the game to win. It wasn't where Brock Purdy threw a couple of interceptions to let you stay in the game despite the fact that you weren't really playing well. None of those things happened. The Rams just went out there and kicked the tires off of the Seattle Seahawks on the road, and then they came back against a, a, a San Francisco team, like you said, that's really good, and had a chance to, to compete right up until the very end. Now, I do think that there's a gap, right? I do think that there's a gap between what San Francisco is and what the Rams are. San Francisco showed you the difference between a good team and a very good team. This is that 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 one minute and 45 second drive at the end of the half. That's something Sean McVay and the Rams would have done a couple of years ago. So, oh, you think you have the middle of watch this and go put it back on them. That they would take advantage of a bad route like you talked about and jump it and Jalen Ramsey gets an interception. That The Rams aren't that. Their margins are much smaller than they've been in the past. But they're small. They're not big, right? That this is not something where we need a lucky bounce. We need a special teams play. They just need to play well moving forward. Beat Cincinnati on Monday night. Be two and one. Be three and one after Indianapolis, and you're off to the races. And, and I don't think that nine, ten, eleven wins is totally out of the question. I agree, and I think that this team, that they've exceeded expectations early oh, yeah. on. Everyone expected this game to be a blowout. Everyone thought this was going to be like when Bama plays Citadel in Week 10. They blow them out by 50 points and embarrass him. That was not the case. I mean, if you look at total yards, Rams 386, Niners 365. Time possession, Rams won that battle 33 minutes to 26 minutes. First downs, Rams had 28, Niners had 21. Third down conversion rate, Rams 50%, Niners 22%. The turnovers are what really hurt them. Penalties were even, sacks were even. And I think this Rams team has a lot to be proud of. And I think if you're looking at the Mitch Lotta half full, right, this is why I'm optimistic. One, only two games without 
Cooper Cup. Then you get Puka Nakua, who's been an absolute revelation. You can get Chick-fil-A on Sundays. He has 25 catches on 266 yards in two games. 2-2 at, well, 196 yards in two games. Last night, my wife was like, hey, why do you look so happy? Why are you smiling? I'm like, hey, I'm imagining Cooper Cup, Nakua, and 2-2, a <laughs> wide receiver trio where he yeah. or Cooper Cup has a true wide receiver, too. They can take yep. some of that pressure off, take away some of those double teams. And I think that this offense is going to score points as long as they stay healthy, and they're going to be in games all season long. Look, I want to go back to something you said that we're two weeks into the season, right? They've played two games. They've given up one sack. And one of the games that they played against was against San Francisco 49ers, where Nick Bosa is on the field, where Eric Armstead is on the field, where one of the best defensive teams in football in San Francisco had a chance to go get your guy and you lost an offensive lineman in Joe Nopum and you still only gave up one sack. That is wildly encouraging because we saw what it looked like last year, right? Where the offensive line got off to a bad start and then it got worse from there. This is an offensive line that's gotten off to a good start and put up a better performance in week two than they did against week one. I know that they gave up a sack. I know that there was a little more pressure, but they were playing a far better opponent. This is the, These are the things. Just You mentioned Nakua, too, right? Nakua, Nakua. The week one, it's like, okay, cool. That was awesome to see him get the yardage that he did, to see him have the targets and the receptions that he did. But I'm going to need to see it again. And he was better. He was better in week two. That This is what good players do. They get a little better week to week. Everybody in the NFL is good. You can have that week where it's like, oh, wow, he had eight or nine or ten catches, and they come back the next week they have one or two. He went from 10 to 15. He hasn't even gotten to play with Cooper Cup yet. These are the things that make you excited about what's coming next. Very, very encouraging. Yeah, I never thought I would see myself yelling at the screen. Where's my Joe Noteboom? Get me Joe Noteboom. I was missing Joe Noteboom out there with Andrew in there. He allowed that that sack and he let the allowed that pressure there. So I think that really is something to be encouraged by because Joe Noteboom. We're going to give you an update on him in our next segment. But I think, look, any I'm not a big moral victory guy. I hate moral victories as much as the next guy. Me, I just kind of consider an encouraging loss. Right? Not all losses are created equal. Right. But on top of that, these young players are only going to get better. Kyron Williams is probably not going to drop that pass and look behind him upfield. By the way, you do yourself and try not to look upfield when you see Fred Warner coming <laughs> your direction, okay, yeah, in right. his defense. And I don't think you're going to see as many mistakes. I don't think you're going to see Tutu Atwell on that little curl route right there, not try to go back and make that catch. I think you've seen a lot of flashes from these young players. They're only going to get better. The schedule gets lighter. Even next week, you're probably not going to have a 100% Joe Burrow at best. And then you got Indy. So if you can get through this stretch with a respectable record, you're talking possibly three and two. But I think this Rams team has all the makings of being a playoff team. But coming up next, we're going to talk about the crowd at SoFi Stadium, how it was Levi Sal, how we can probably address that. And we're going to dive into some of these winners and losers on the offensive line. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. All right, DMAC, first let's talk about uh, Jace Case, Jace Medical, right? So do you hike? Do you camp? Do you travel overseas? Are you ever in a spot where it may be a little difficult to get to a doctor or have emergency medical care in, in a place where maybe you're not prepared for that? You don't ever want to be caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And obviously, we just went through a very challenging time with the pandemic and everything else. This is where Jace Case can come in and really help you, right? Jace Case gives you five life-saving antibiotics, and it is incredibly simple to order. You go online, you fill out a form, and then you get your prescription. Life-saving medications right to your door. Mine showed up 
yesterday. I filled out the form a couple of days ago and boom, it is on my front doorstep just a couple of days later. And now I have the peace of mind that Jace Case gives me knowing, not just hoping, but knowing that I have access to medication in an emergency. You can save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics from Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off when you use the code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. You can snap into all the NFL action this season with FanDuel. Of course, number one sports book in America. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. That's guaranteed. $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. $200 in bonus bets, win or lose, right? Win or lose, you get that $200 in bonus bets. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action right now. The app is incredibly easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, players, props, over, under, and more. Think about it. You would have gone and got started and taken the over on the Rams win total. You are already looking really good right there. Over on Puka Nakua's catches, over on his receptions. You got all of these options available to you at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. $200 in bonus bets when you place just a $5 bet. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. And we are off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for being a Locked On Rams. Your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We also want to give a special shout out to those everyday listeners. We appreciate you watching every episode, listening to every episode, and you should join the club, the Everyday Listeners Club too. It's 100% free, and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. Now, Travis, here in our second segment, we're going to pick up where we left off and some of our takeaways from the Rams' week two loss of the 49ers. I want to start with that crowd. I see it all over social media. People calling it Levi South. The Rams, they've lost nine straight regular season games for the 49ers. If Jaquaski Tart doesn't drop that interception, it's 10 yep. straight games total. Now, first thing I want to say, it's tough to win in the NFL on the road. Okay? And the Rams, that was feeling like a road game. I mean, those pictures that you sent me of the crowd, it looked yeah. like a sea of red. How big of an impact do you think that has had on the game? I think it would be a, a bigger impact if it had been the first time that they had seen that, had not been prepared for it. But look, it's nothing that I like, but it's something that I've come to accept. When the 49ers play the Rams at SoFi Stadium, there's going to be more 49er fans than there are Rams fans. There might be a lot more 49er fans than the Rams fans. Like you mentioned, DMAC, the, the pictures I sent you, it was probably 10 to 1. It, it, it was. And and I could lie and say, ah, it wasn't as bad as it looked. Yeah, it, it, it was. It looked bad. It was bad. They were on a silent count at times. But I don't know how much of an impact it has. Matthew Stafford's been around a long time. He knows how to play in, a, in, a, in an environment where you can't hear. It is odd that it's at your home stadium. That's the way it's going to be. There's a lot of people. That, look, there wasn't an NFL team here for 22 years. People picked other teams. They're not going to switch just because a team showed up. It's going to take a long time. It'll happen, but it's not going to happen in a year or two or five or clearly even eight years. It's going to take some time. Uh, I don't think it matters. And, and, I, and, I, and I will say this. When the NFC Championship game was here a couple of years ago, it was far closer to 50-50 than what we saw last Sunday. Rams fans sell those tickets because they can pay for a vast majority, if not all, of their season ticket packages with that one weekend. And I get it. Tickets are expensive, and it's hard to get the you know the finances together to go to some of these games. So I understand the financial you know, 
impetus to go do something like that. But when it came time to really make a difference, Rams fans were there in the NFC Championship game, and that is the game that they won. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're in it for long haul. It's about the process. It's about allowing these generations to grow up in L.A. as Rams fans. Rams moved to Anaheim in 1980. They played there from 1980 to 1994. So, yeah, yeah I think it's funny. All these 49ers fans talking about, okay, it's Levi South. We get it. And look, the yes. reality is some of these games, they're one-score games, right? And those yeah. The, the home crowd definitely makes a difference in those situations. And we get the, with the Eagles coming to town pretty soon, they travel pretty well too. So encouraging all these Rams fans to go out there, support this team because they've definitely earned it. Now we got to talk about this offensive line because I think they did a really, really good job, Travis. I mean, I think Steve Avila, he's continuing awesome. to emerge. I mean, you got That's this awesome. ferocious front seven. I mean, you talk about the sack with Fred Warner there late in the third quarter. That was pretty much it. They did get some pressures. They did a pretty nice job getting consistent pressure throughout. But when you consider the task that was ahead of them, when you consider how dominant this line is, I think they fared well. Yeah, no, look, pressure is not something you want on your quarterback over and over and over again in the course of a game. But pressure is not going to get him sent to the sidelines. Pressure isn't going to put Brett Rippon into the game. Sacks might, right? To just keeping him upright. Keep, and and I thought Sean McVay did a great job of, of play calling and getting him on the move in certain situations giving himself a, an opportunity here and there. We even saw uh, uh, Matthew Stafford shake a guy at one point in the backfield and then kind of look back at him at the last minute with a little after he completed the pass, which I, I like. I think that it's really fun to see him kind of still have that 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 attitude and everything that comes along with it. If they, keep, if they can play like they did against San Francisco on, up front, even with the loss of Joe Nopum, Tremaine Ancrum came in and, and I thought played reasonably well in his absence. Um, they're going to win a bunch of games. If you give Matthew Stafford times, they're going to win a bunch of games. And so far, those five guys up front are now six guys with Ankrum in there have done exactly that. There's going to be pressure. 49ers are always going to get pressure. The, the Cincinnati Bengals have a, an impressive front line on defense as well. They're probably going to get some pressure. But as long as you're not getting him hit, and he got hit last year, they're in a great spot. Yeah, that's the biggest key. And I think that the second half was a different story. The first half before Joe Nopu went down, by the way, quick update on Joe Nopum is he is going to be fine. He's expected to play Sunday, a little contusional shoulder bruise. Yeah. So he's going to be fine. Yes, he definitely has a injury history that you don't love, but hopefully he can stay there because he's definitely done a really nice job so far at that right guard position. But in the second half, they were forced to throw. When they were forced to throw, you saw that 49ers defense. They pinned their ears back. They got after it there in the trenches. And they applied more pressure and the second thing too is you need to be a little more efficient in the run game you need to create a little yes. more consistency in that run game that's something i For definitely sure. want to see but all in all i think as a group as a whole they've been solid they've been formidable i mean the second highest pff graded pass protection week yep. one this week i think they took on this test as they're still trying to build chemistry and gel as unit i think they did a good job but of course, you don't have to highlight Steve Avila. That's my next big winner. Steve Avila did a terrific job on Javon Hargrave. They were trying to pass stunts against him. He was able to make plays. You saw him helping out Coleman Shelton on a play. You saw a play where Bosa just blew up Alaric Jackson. He slides right in to hold him off. This guy is fluid. He has great feet. He's a mover. You saw him the Kyron Williams touchdown. Him make that block there on the line, then go out there and find someone to... Sure spring him into the end zone. This guy is fantastic. I think that he's got a bright future ahead of him. He's great. And everything that you said, I'd like to co-sign on, but I want to add one more thing in there. While he is incredibly quick and, and, and he appears to be a very smart football player, dude is nasty. Dude is just 
physically nasty. Like he's so wide and he's so big and he wants to lay hands on you. And that's what I love with my offensive lineman, right? It's not just a, well, I'm going to beat you with technique. That's fine. You got to have solid technique to be sure. This dude is nasty, right? That this is what you need with that position. This is what I think the Rams lacked a good deal of last season long. Just that nastiness up front that comes along. I think that's why he was their top pick. I think this is why he was a a, a deadlock cinch to be a starter from the first day. It's, yes, he's quick and all of these things, and he's the right say. Dude is a mean you-know-what up front. And like you said, on the on the um, uh, Kyron Williams touchdown, even though he didn't have somebody right in front of him at that moment, he's down the field looking to blow somebody up. That's what I like in my old lineman, and he's brought an incredible edge to that group. He, he's been a godsend. It's been great. Big, physical, great feet. He looks like a veteran already yes. out there. I could not be more impressed. I think right now he's the best offensive lineman on the Rams. I Might really be. believe that. I mean, it's how be. good he's been. Now, if I have to you know, spot the pimple on a model here as far as the offensive line, it is the run blocking. I think they do need to do a better job establishing that run game. Right now, the Rams, as far as yards per carry, they're 27th in the NFL. So that's something that you want to see. But really, it's, go, it's as simple as this to me, Travis. If their offensive line play is good, this team can be good. That's how I feel at the moment. And right now, they've passed that test. Well, look, if like, like I think you said, it's not even so much the yardage. They can be 27th in yards per carry, wh- whatever. It's the attempts. The attempts keep defensives honest. And as long as it's not dreadful, and I don't think that it has been, I think that that's what you want. Because if they can play with a lead, if they can have a, a defense worrying about a two-way go, both a pass play and a run play, that's where the Rams are really going to make their money. We saw the the few times where Brock Purdy was in half to get it situations with pass didn't look great. It didn't look terrible, but that's clearly the weak link in their chain. Get a lead, play with a lead, run the football to a point, at least honor the run on the defensive side and give yourself a chance to give Matthew Stafford that extra half a second that comes along with it. They're off to a great start. That's what he needs, and that's when you see him completing all these short passes and yep. doing what he does. Now, next winner, we're going to get this one out before we head our next segment, is Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams, who basically sent Cam Akers packing, right? I mean, 14 carries, averaged 3.7 yards per carry against that really, 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 really talented 49ers front. Yep. I think they might need a short yardage back, but I like the versatility. I like what the burst that he runs with, great vision. I'm definitely having him as a winner early on. Well, look, I think what's incredibly important is that there's going to be some clarity in that room, right? That I I wouldn't be surprised if as we're recording this or as, you know, Monday turns into Tuesday, Tuesday turns into Wednesday, if Cam Akers is on another team. There's no more, well, is this guy going to play or is that guy going to play? Cam's going to be down the road. He's not going to be a part of the organization anymore. And I think that that's about time, right, to move on to the next thing. I think that will give Kyron Williams an opportunity. I think it'll give Ronnie Rivers an opportunity. It'll give Freeman an opportunity to do some of these things. Just the clarity of not having to deal with whatever Cam Akers, whatever negative energy who is bringing into the building, that's going to be gone. That'll help a lot too. Yeah, no, 100%. I think Cam Akers, he's an update that LinkedIn. I think maybe he's a Brown. He's a Raven. We'll see what happens with him. I will say, we'll talk about this on tomorrow's show. Jonathan Taylor, you never know. I mean, this is a guy who doesn't get injured. This is a guy that can really help this team. You got the $50 million in cap space. More than that next year, you're paying all that $73 million in dead money. There is a world you could trade. 
Cam, maybe Jefferson, maybe a mid-round pick. Find a way to get him. That's interesting. Maybe What's we'll the cost, talk, right? explore that topic tomorrow. But we're going to touch on the defense next. The defense, we got the grades, we got some winners and losers. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. All right, have you tried playing prize picks yet? Because if you haven't, I don't know what you're waiting for. Prize picks is by far the most fun that I've had playing daily fantasy, winning up to 25 times my money this season. Here's what you do. You select two or more players and you pick more or less on their projected stats and you put it in. If you get them right, you win. That's how easy it is. It's incredibly simple to play. You can make the picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy app. So you go and you look and you say, hey, do I think Odell Beckham is going to have 50 yards more or less? Make your pick. Josh Allen, more or less than two touchdown throws. Make your pick. Price Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts, right? So this is what you do. You go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match of up to $100, right? prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use that code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to 100 bucks. You're going to have a great time. You got a chance to win some money. You can run it at your friends. Go to prizepick.com slash locked on NFL. And welcome back to locked on Rams. Thank you for making locked on Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available, revenue your podcast, locked on Rams, part of locked on podcast network, your team every day. Now, here, Travis, in our third segment, let's touch on the defense because they think all in all, they definitely did a solid job. I think Brock Purdy helped him out with some overthrows there throughout that game. I think the running game, Christian McCaffrey, he had his gashes. They had 5.7 yards per carry. But the first thing we really want to yep. talk about Aaron Donald. AD didn't hear too much about him during the game. Seemed like he was a little quiet. You saw after the game, Kyle Shanahan said he they really specialized in trying to stop him and that he did a nice job kind of getting off his blocks, but he earned an overall 73 PFF grade missed a tackle in his one opportunity at two pressures on 28 pass rush opportunities. What'd you make of Aaron Donald's performance? Well, I, w- I want to start by talking about Kyle Shanahan, right? That he said that they made it a point to try to neutralize Aaron Donald. I know he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. I know that, uh, you know, he's one of the young guns in this league, but I, I, I still don't know if he gets enough credit for the job that he does, right? That this is an incredibly well-coached team. He he did the thing that might be the most difficult thing in football to do. He made Aaron Donald a non-factor. Now, at some point, and I don't know when that's going to happen, at some point Aaron Donald's not going to be the defensive player that he's been previously. I'm not ready to go there yet. I think that it's interesting that he was so absent on Sunday, but I think that's much more of a factor of Kyle Shanahan and what he's able to do schematically and his staff is able to do schematically than anything Aaron Donald didn't do. Let's see what happens against Cincinnati. Let's see what happens against Indianapolis. And then we can kind of see where we are with Aaron Donald at the quarter pole of of the season. One game, look, San Francisco does a really good job against him. You know, they really have kind of made him about as quiet as you possibly can with uh, with AD. But I, I think it had more to do with the game plan than anything to do with Aaron Donald. And I'm excited to see him on Monday Night Football. 
Yeah, 100%. I think first thing, you got to give Kyle Shannon his credit. Sure. I don't like to say anything nice about the 49ers. I'm going to have to wash my mouth out with the bar so bad for this one. But when it comes to offensive game planning, he's really second to none. He's right yeah. up there with the game's best. Now, when it comes to Aaron Donald, I think there's a lot of stuff that doesn't show up in the box score. We know that. And look, the reality is the defensive line was the Rams' strongest unit on the field during this game. I think you have to give him a lot of credit for that. And look, yeah, it wasn't his best game. Hey, even the Avengers lost once, right? But Kobe <laughs> Turner, though, is someone who benefited from him, and he had a really nice game. The Kobe Turner had their highest PFF grade at 79.5. He recorded one pressure on 19 pass rushes, made two stops in the run game, did miss one tackle and three opportunities, but Kobe Turner is someone who is looking very impressive. I think you talk about Avila, you talk about Nakua, you talk about Byron Young. Kobe Turner is another one of these young Rams rookies that seems to be on the right track. Someone else is going to have to win if Aaron Donald is getting the attention that he is, right? This is the secret sauce that the Rams have been able to execute really well. That As great and as unstoppable as AD can be at times, if no one else is winning, you could put all your attention there. If Kobe Turner can win, if Byron Young can win, if Michael Hoyt can win, if any of these other players that are being given these opportunities to get singled up, right? And sometimes maybe even get a free run here or there. If they can win and force other offenses to say, look, we can't put two guys or sometimes three guys on Aaron Donald on every single snap. Somebody else has got to win. And Kobe Turner did a pretty good job there. It wasn't like they blew it up. They need to continue to get better. But we've seen what it looks like when Sue or Brockers or Floyd or uh, a, certainly a player as talented as Von Miller, when you have another guy that's a dangerous player like that, the Rams defense gets exponentially better because you can't put all of your eggs in the Aaron Donald basket. He's a matchup nightmare. He blows games up. Even yep. Jonah Williams, I think, had a really, really nice game going up against Trent Williams and George Kittle all day. So I think the defensive line, they've looked good early on. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the secondary. We're going to talk about the linebackers. going to continue to break down this defense. That's going to do it for today. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X at DMAC underscore LA. And as always, you can follow the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers, on X at Travis Rogers. And until next time, whose house is locked on Rams house?